Hello everyone, welcome to Birdcast, the only podcast recorded inside a live Avery. And today we hear we have a very special guest with us, Ray, who is a bird keeper in New South Wales. Well, welcome to Birdcast, Ray. Thank you for coming on to the show to talk about birds and how you keep them. Would you like to start by introducing yourself? My name is Ray. From I've been, I live in Sydney. I've been into bird keeping as long as I can remember. My dad has always been into uh, bird keeping. We've kept uh, fishes, which is what we've mainly kept in the past. Peach face, we had a time then when we were keeping peach faces. We had chickens on <laughs> stage. Um, always there, yeah, but our main. Our main thing now is finches. That's my main, uh, my main love. I love all types of, uh, of birds, but finches is my main, my main thing. Yeah. Okay. So right now, what birds do you keep in your aviaries? Uh, presently, we've got uh, right now all our finches are Australian species. Um, we've got we've got gullions, which we've always kept. Uh, blue faced parrotfishes, which is another uh, species that we've always kept. Plumheads, starfishes, which have sort of uh, come and gone. They've been quite frustrating for me over the years. For some reason, we've had difficulty breeding them. It wasn't until recently that we got some new bloodlines and we we became successful with them. Parrotfishes, we pretty much always had them in our aviary. Such a, they're, they're a really good finch all around, you know, they're, they're, they're from beginners to experts, so it's all very experienced breeders, so to speak. Um, we've got blood finches, which are my favourite finch of all time. We've got mask finches, we've had them on and off over the years. Uh, we've got picturellas. And then we've got diamonds, which we've only just started them up again in the last year and a half. Uh, that, that, that's pretty much it, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. what we, yeah, yeah. And what aviaries do you keep them in? What, like, what sort of type of aviary? Uh, we've got, currently we've got three breeding aviaries. Our aviaries, they're not very big, I think they measure 3.6 deep. And we've got about... One of the breeding averages is 3.2 wide. There's just like one bank of averages, 3.4, 3.6 deep. One's 3.2, one is about a metre, and one's 1.3 metres, and we've got a holding avery. Our averages, because of their size, my my opinion, if I'm going to have an avery that size, I like it to be fully covered, like uh, fully roofed with one third of it being um, kin and the flight section, so to speak, is is covered with uh, polycarbonate. Well, I like this setup because my favourite type of aviary is open flight aviaries, where the nat- like where that the, the 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 weather, the rain can can get in. But for me personally, I believe if I'm going to have an open aviary, it has to be a certain size before you before I would. I mean, everyone's different. This that's just my personal preference. Yeah, and um, we've got the floors are just um, coarse river sands. Um, we did have uh, panic grass growing in there until the, we started, like over the last year, because of the mice problem, we started getting mice problems with, in the in the panic grass. We couldn't get rid of them, and there was 
we had that pulling the all the panic grass out, which was a bit. Yeah, I wasn't too happy about that, but it has no choice. I like to have panic grass growing in the Avery. We had to pull them out. Now we've got them in pots. We, the, we grow the we grow the panic grass. It's much easier to control the the vermin. We haven't had any mice issues since then. We've got a with some uh, we just recently planted. We've always had trouble growing trees in the Avery. I don't know. If it might be with because of the soil the type of soil that we have in the Avery. But we've, we've put everything in pots now, we've half buried them into the ground and we seem to be doing pretty good with, um, with, with uh, either being able to grow the grass and the, and the trees inside the aviary. Yeah. Cool. And do you think you could tell us a little bit about your favourite bird species? My favourite species? Yeah. My favourite species are crimson finches. I mean... I could probably give you five different answers. <laughs> my favourite species, my favourites, but all my favourites are crimson finches. My next would probably be diamonds. I love diamonds, diamond fire tails. Pretty much all the, I love all the Australian species. Uh, I love them all, but my, my, my highest is, is, is the crimson finch. I, love, I just love them. Yeah. And, and what sort of got you started on your bird journey? Well, my dad, like I said, my dad has always been into keeping birds, so it, I sort of was born into it. My dad's, my dad's cousin is he's another bird nut, so I was all, I've always, ever since I was being born, I've always been around birds, and um, yeah, so that, that's pretty much it's, it's like it's, it's in my blood. You know, what I mean, like oh, I've got a lot of relatives here and overseas. They keep birds, so I don't know if you can say that's something that's in your blood, but you know, it must be my blood because I, I can't live without. Okay. I can't live without the birds, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, have you learned any things, like special tips or something, or hints that you could give to people over your time of keeping birds? I mean, it's a, one thing I do, do say that it's a, it's a big, continuous learning curve keeping birds, I mean, you never stop learning, and oh, the first thing I say to people is that starting out with keeping birds is uh, successful keeping and breeding of birds, or finches in this case, start as a planning process. Okay. Like, as in, like, what I mean by that is, like, you have to have it, in my, my personal opinion is, that you, you, you want to set yourself a goal, what do you want what you want to achieve by keeping and breeding uh, finches is that um, you need to you need to sort of look look into the future what you want to achieve and build and build around that. Plan plan your aviaries on on the particular species that you want to keep. Think about the species that we want to keep, their needs that you want to that their particular needs and, 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 and build and build around that because if you because once your average go up they sort of they're up there so but if you if you put everything in if you have everything in your mind and lay everything out on paper and in your mind i think you give yourself a much better chance of uh of being successful by keeping it breathing because as, as a beginner it's easily become disheartened because features are fairly delicate birds 
I mean, they, 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 you can have a healthy pig one hour, the next, and then two hours later, it could be dead. It's very, for a beginning, it's very disheartening. And it's, it's some of that, I mean, we all learn from our experiences. And, and if you can have a, have a, have a better planning approach, have a good planning approach, you can avoid some of these things. But like, you always, you're always going to end up with dead birds, no matter what. Like, if you've got livestock, you're going to have dead stock. But that's what I, and always, always uh, talk to as many people as you can about particular birds that you want to keep, particularly people are in your in your own area. Always, always, and be be patient and wait and look for when it comes to buying birds. Always seek out good quality birds from good quality breeders. Visit their visit their uh, aviary if you're able to, and be patient if you have to wait. I've waited six months or even a year for a particular species of bird from a particular breeder. And that, that, that patience um, pays off in the long run. Because, again, good quality stock is the beginning of, of, of a successful breeding program, in my opinion. And just, you know, you should read as much as you can about about birds and, and just talk to as many people that don't, don't overthink um, things too much, right? Like us being, us being humans, we tend to overthink things a bit sometimes. And, and birds are pretty simple beings. I mean, their 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 requirements are pretty simple. Uh, so just yeah, just always say keep it simple, and and I think that you'll have better success. In keeping birds, and then the less you, you can, the less you interfere with your birds, I think the better, better results you'll have. Um, yeah, you don't want to overcomplicate it. I mean, birds are birds are pretty simple beings. They they have a few uh, needs in their life. You cater for them and let them be. Let them do their own thing. If they want to breed, they'll breed. And um, yeah, just let them be. Yeah. I mean, in a nutshell, that's. Uh, I can go on for hours, but you know, in a nutshell, that <laughs> that would be that would be yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and do you belong to any bird clubs? Yeah, I'm I'm uh, a, a member with the uh, Fish Society of Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the only club I'm I'm, um, I'm a member of. Yeah. Okay. And do you feel like that they help you? I'll, uh, I'll, uh... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, over the last year and year and a half it hasn't been um, particularly good because of the COVID situation. We haven't been able to attend meetings in person and, and you know, mingle together and talk talk to one another. But in general, yeah, I mean I buy a lot of my the medications that I that I buy, I, I, I buy through the club and there's always if you ask the particular birds, there's always somebody to fall back on in the club. There's a lot of there's a lot of senior uh, members in the club, and they're full of experience and information that they and they are most yeah ninety nine percent of them are willing to share that. So yeah, being in the club is very is very helpful. We need to maintain a club because um, we, we we need to like educate and and promote this hobby for the younger generation to keep to keep it going. We have to, you know. I think that's important too. And the clubs, clubs serve that pretty well, I believe. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. 
And what's what's one um, bird-related product or item that you've sort of purchased that has sort of really helped you and been useful to you in keeping birds? Oh, one thing I did, did was a good help was a termite tumbler. Okay. Yeah, but um, it takes uh, it takes a lot of work out of um, yeah, preparing the termites for the birds. Makes 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 quick work of the of the nest. Other things like uh, you know showcases for the for the bird sales. Yeah, there's not a, there's not a lot there. You know, there's a few medications that I use. That's pretty much it. Yeah, apart from that, books like I've got over a dozen bird books. They're always they're always great to have. Now I think yeah, I've read them about ten times. Each day they're really good to have bird books. Okay. Yes, yeah. And if money wasn't an issue. What bird would you sort of like to keep? Well, to me, it's not really an issue with money. To me, it's an issue of the scarcity of a particular species, unfortunately. Um, because if I was able to get my hands on a particular species, I, w- I wouldn't really care about the money. Mm. Because I would want to keep that bird. But it was the first bird that would come that comes to my mind is a white-bellied crimson fish. Okay. I mean, you could say they, they are an expensive fish, but the money wouldn't. The money is not stopping me. The, the, the value of the bird is not stopping me. It's, it's, it's the it's the scarcity of them. I think all birds are invaluable. Yeah, all fishes to me are, are invaluable because because. Um, once we lose them in, in, in agriculture and in captivity, they're lost, they're gone for us forever. We're never going to get any fresh blood in. So, in, in a sense, they're all, they're all as valuable as each other. Okay. Yeah. Now, sort of out of all the birds that you've sort of kept, could you tell us a little bit about sort of how you keep them in sort of what aviary they um, live in? What you okay. what you feed them and sort of things like that. Yeah, 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 sure. I mean, all our all our birds are kept in um, in mixed collections, and we we keep just to, just to get an idea of what I'm about to move on to. Right? So all our eggs are mixed collections, and we keep. I always try to keep a minimum of three pairs of each species. So if you were to lose one particular, if you lose, use, like you lose one hen or one cock, you still got two pairs up your sleeve that you can work with. You know what I mean? And I can move on unrelated pairs. If I only have one pair of particular species, I can't move on unrelated pairs. I like to move on unrelated pairs. So, um, and we keep all our features. Apart from one species, a single pairs per Avery, because I think that they 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 do better as single pairs. So the only bird we keep is a colony of the masters, because they definitely get along better as a colony. They're a completely different bird from having them as single pairs to having them a colony. So having said all that, without going off the track too far, um, they all get they all get the same diet. All our birds get the same diet. We've, we've always got a good quality fish mix that we that we give them from um, from Australian Wildlife Supplies. Um, they've they've got a constant supply of 
shore grip. At the moment, we're using thick grip. Um, we also use uh, polys, which is very good. Also, would they get they get baked eggshells? They always they constantly have baked eggshells. They get cuttlefish bone. Three times a week, they get greens and greens. In the warmer parts of the month, they'll get um, sprouted seed in the morning, mixed with uh, an egg food and um, a little bit of shell grit. And in the afternoon, they get seeding grass. Mm-hmm. And I think by March, April, we should be ran out of seeding grass. So instead of seeding grass, we'll give them milk seed. In the afternoon, we mix that with the sprouted seed along with the egg food. And as, a, as an additional supplement, in the afternoon, they get milk seed, which they smash. They love their milk seed and they love their seeding calf ripe seeding grass. So I try to keep either seeding grass, or we collect as much as we can in the, when, when, when it's in season and we freeze it. So we, so we try and have a, a full year supply of of half-ripe seeding grass. This year, we weren't able to keep a full season, but we had the milk seed, which is which is the same. It's just, it's just as good. Um, we really found a big difference in the milk seed when we give our birds the milk seed in the breeding. A lot of birds tend to breed a lot better. Um, and they get, um, they get maggots, a constant supply of maggots. They get uh, mealworms, a limited supply of mealworms, and they got a constant supply of termites. Um, so there's no single species that gets uh, a special diet because they're all in the, they're all in their mixed collection. We'll go into my favourite, my favourite species is the cruiser finch. Um, to tell you the truth, I haven't had that much success. That's what I do with my heavy. Um, I think the problem, the problem with them is in our situation is that the, the, um, the Avery may be a little bit too crowded for their liking. So rather than focus on breeding, they're always focused on being on their territory. And we recently had one pair for Avery in adjoining Avery's and I found that instead of instead of focusing on breeding, they, the males were, and even the hens were focusing on next door. Yeah, fighting over territory, fighting between the wire. So we removed one pair from the middle Avery and, had, and spread them out so they can't, they, they couldn't see each other. Now they're, now they're, they're not focused on being territorial anymore, they're just focusing on breeding. They're back to both of them right now both pairs are building nests and so hopefully they'll they'll be incubating soon okay. yeah so um but they're they're, 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 they're the birds that i concentrate on the most and they're like they're a heartbreaker it's like it, it, she goes two steps forward it's three steps back with them if you you can if you lose a hand or you lose a cock you got to start in my mind you have to start all over again with a brand new pair and so they sort of do your head in sometimes, but when they want to breed, they breed just like any other fish. Yeah. Well, I would like to thank you for coming on to our podcast today and sharing your experience no and whatnot. And I hope you had a good time. Yeah, I did. I loved it. I mean, I always, 
always love talking about finches. I, I, I won't shut up about it, you know. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Yes, um, yeah. It's really good, yeah. Thanks, thanks, for your, thanks for your time and thanks for the offer. I really much appreciate it. All right, everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Ray talking about bird keeping. Remember, we have an Instagram, Birdman underscore Dad, and a YouTube channel, Birdman Dad. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Bye now.